0: Hey guys, this is Reed, the host of CO Bibble's Babble Bubble. I hope that you are all staying safe during this quarantine stay-in-place era. Given the current environment that our country and the world is facing right now, I thought it would be fun to move from the bi-weekly release schedule to a weekly release schedule on indefinite notice. So I hope you enjoy some of these extra episodes that you may not have been expecting. Thanks for listening. A communications disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. You must contact me. Negotiation, we've lost all communication. Hello everybody and welcome to CO Bibble's Babble Bubble, your favorite place to come swinging on by and listening to some great old prequels appreciation chatter. This is a really fun episode we have lined up here. Have a, a, a long-time listener of the show uh, who reached out and decided, you know, after we chatted for a bit, it'd be good to have him on. So we have uh, Mr. Brad Vollmer here. Hello, Brad.
1: Hey, Reed. How are you doing tonight?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. How about yourself?
1: Pretty good, man. I, I thought we were going to lose power for a while. It was storming over here in Houston. I don't know about you. About... Austin out there, but uh, I thought we might have to postpone this, but fortunately not.
0: That's great. Yeah, we had uh, maybe 30 seconds where it felt like Camino, <laughs> and then it dried up. It was weird. I was I was outside planting some some green beans because you know if the food chain supply gets interrupted with this crazy thing, I said might as well try you know home farming. But I'm in an apartment, so there isn't much you can do. Little patio, and then. I had the beans, and just the wind came out of nowhere, blew them out of my hands. Started pouring rain, and then it stopped. It was gone, kind of
1: <laughs> working its way either
0: <laughs> to or from somewhere, and I just happened to be in the uh, in the crosswind there. Uh, so, uh, so Brad here has has a funny little Star Wars related anecd- anecdote. Uh, so, his Twitter handle is Snoke's son-in-law. So, how did you uh, manage to get that, Brad?
1: Well, I so i'm a fan of the bad motivators podcast and i couldn't tell you how long ago that i started listening to those guys i found them through steel wars still saunders podcast that he has found steel through youtube but i've been listening to a bunch of shows throughout the last few years since disney kind of took over ownership of star wars and one day it was actually Father's Day I just I started thinking they're real big on on dad talk which is where I, I sort of connected with with their show and and uh, I wrote in on Father's Day and I've always had this story in in my back pocket I always thought it was was cool I was I was hoping to hear a explanation for where Snoke's name or not so much the origin but where did they come up with with that it's such an unusual name and the reason i say that is because my wife of five years now uh when i met her she had a had told me that it was always difficult for people to pronounce her name and she'd always say well say it like smoke but with an n snoke (laughs) and i had no problem uh ever pronouncing it she was looking forward to taking a different last name i uh, think because of the reason it was so hard for for people to pronounce well fast forward several years later we were married in 14 i think disney bought bought out lucasfilm in 2020 ish uh or i'm sorry 2012 yeah it was 2012 um, and uh when some of the promotional stuff started coming out for force awakens uh I remember his name getting dropped. And I can't remember if if they came out with uh, him as the big bad at the time or if I had seen the movie and then put two and two together. But I remember newspaper clippings, and, and I just had a lot of fun with her. Uh, I called her supreme leader quite a few times. I still joke. I got a figure on my desk when The Last Jedi came out. Oh, Um, full standing gold robe. I love it. Yeah, uh, Disney had him on clearance, and I picked him up. And my kid, my three year old, every time she walks by the desk at the house, she'll, "Who's that?" And that's that's mommy's grandpa. So now I've even got her saying, "Yeah, that's that's Grandpa Snoke." Um, (laughs) But I joked with her that. After that happened, I should have took your last name. You know, it's not too late. I could go back, and (laughs) that'd be something to hang on to forever. You know?
0: Yeah. Everyone knows how to
1: say it now. Yeah, and then uh, fast forward several more years, we're sitting in uh, the the movie theater uh, watching Last Jedi. We both played hooky, both took the day off work, and and we're watching it. She did that. She's not a fan herself, but she'll do that for me. Reed, that's how you find a good one. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I remember when he gets when he gets diced when he gets bisected. Mm-hmm. I remember her looking over at me and and saying, "I bet you're glad." She's whispering it. I bet you're glad you didn't take my last name. <laughs> and I'll never forget that man. You know, I hear all this all this uh, commotion about him being really nothing at the end of it all. You know, just a just a clone. But it's really something that's for me really struck home. I'll never. I'll never let it go either. That'll be something for the ages. And if we ever make it to Celebration, if that ever happens, I'm going to find a gold robe, and that'll be my thing, man. I've already made oh, it. Oh, my, please do. And I,
0: <laughs> I really hope that you do make it to Celebration sometime. I, I've been, I guess, uh, three times now. This is my fourth coming out, if it doesn't get cancelled. Yeah. Uh, but no, it is so much fun. It is a blast. All of the the anger and the toxicity that is in the Star Wars fandom, it's like it's gone. It's its totally disappeared. Well, I think this is a good transition because, you know, this is a prequels podcast. I yes, got to get sir. to the prequels at some point or another. You're right. <laughs> so uh, what was your initial introduction into the prequels? Did you wait for home video? Did you see them in the theaters? How, how did that kind of all unfold for you?
1: So I'm just old enough. I think I was 12 years old when phantom menace hit the theaters mm-hmm. and not to take it away from the prequels but it only feeds into it for me i remember being nine or ten when the special editions were coming back to the theater for the the short time that they were mm-hmm. and being in a in a k-mart or whatever up in minnesota is where i'm from uh with my dad and and uh walking past those power of the force action figures and him, that was my, that's really my first memory of, of Star Wars and him telling me all about it. And he's nowhere near the fan you or I or any of us are, but, but uh, him showing it to me. And I remember going home that day with a Luke, a uh, Carbonite Han, uh, and then my brother got an R2 in a, in a 3PO. And I was fond of 3PO. He was at Bright Gold. but
0: uh, I think we're getting a, a recurring theme with you and gold.
1: I I guess. You
0: got got Snoke and 3PO. You hopefully know as new things come up, they have something out there for the golden audience. Like the High Republic comics look like they're wearing some gold motifs, so you should be in the clear there.
1: They're not what I expected, but they're pretty cool looking. I I gotta admit, they look nice. (laughs) Um, But I remember going, I saw all three of those re-released in the theaters with him, and then uh, he, he was telling me, yeah, they're making three new ones, and I just the time is different when you're eight or nine, you just don't, don't understand it. And I remember when the promotional stuff started coming out for Phantom Menace, Toys R Us, we were there shortly after the release of those figures and it's night and day difference to what it is now. Right. With, Mm -hmm. I mean, you walk in and I think the whole half of that, that store must've been Phantom Menace. And, uh, I got, they didn't have, they sold out a Darth Maul and, This is where you come in from your last episode asking about figures. I I looked for weeks for that guy. And when I found him at Walmart, uh, the three-and-three-quarter-inch Darth Maul, I had to save up uh, um, money from doing chores to be able to afford to to pick him up. But needless to say, we went and saw that in the theater with my friends. I remember walking out, my dad going, it's not as good as the originals, but that's to be expected now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just being in love with it. And oh, yeah. And <laughs> we spent the next several months picking up different figures as, uh, as, as the summer went on. And um, it really stayed that way all throughout the, the prequel trilogy. Uh, I remember when Attack of the Clones... Came out and reading an article about when Revenge of the Sith ultimately would come out, and I thought, holy crap, I'm going to be a senior in high school when this comes out, and I'm 12 at the time, so it, it, it was just a lot.
0: You mentioned that yeah, you have you have the kids or kids mm-hmm. plural, I should say, and mm-hmm. so judging by the timeline, I guess they're a little too young to start mm-hmm. watching Star Wars just yet. But
1: I've got do you have pay- a plan for what yeah. So I guess I would show my kids in the future the saga a lot how or a little bit different than I did my wife rather. Um, I know with her she had never seen the movies when we sat down to watch them I decided for some reason to show them to her in chronological order 1 through 9 that way and I knew after we finished doing that I, i saw some clips over youtube of of parents i don't know what i had been watching but clips of parents of showing empire to their kids and the the cameras on their kids faces in the big reveal when he tells them he's his father and the look on their faces is priceless and they're it's just it's the same response or reaction that luke has no it can't be it's not true um that's impossible and I just loved it, and I wish I could have had that with her. I don't know if we would have. I feel like she probably already knew just without having ever seen the movies that, oh, yeah, Darth Vader's Luke's father. And I don't know if I'll truly be able to have that with with the girls whenever they get older. I have two girls um, because we we kid all the time about Daddy being Darth Vader and (laughs) Leia being vader's daughter and i have got all the books uh we got from baby showers uh vader's vader's little princess i I have all of those so uh i'd love to show them in release order but we'll see i guess that'll that'll depend on how how much they know when the time comes Mm -hmm. as far as memorabilia go i'm gonna have to just say that they'll probably whether they like it or not inherit my big box of Power of the Force figures. <laughs> I, I've thought about picking up some of those...
0: Forces of Destiny dolls?
1: Yeah. yeah those I, are great. And they're really neat looking. I, I really wanted to grab a couple of those. I think the Sabine one I thought was, was was gorgeous. So I really wanted that for for them. I'll probably do it when they get a little bit older. Just for something, something that they can take and have. And I think that'd be pretty neat. That's lovely. Yeah, and I'm trying to keep it around... The, the prequel era, unfortunately, they don't have with those those type style dolls. You're kind of limited in, in what they can have. So until they tell me they want a something Jar Jar Banks, you know, you're kind of stuck.
0: Yeah, it's hard because with so few prequels figures coming out, and maybe the occasional prequels Lego set buying a piece of prequels, memorabilia, or action figure is, in effect, buying a piece of history. You have to dig back in the past to get it. But that's what kind of makes it fun at the same time, too.
1: I don't want to turn the table so much, but what, what about you, Reed? Is there anything that you've been able to pick up that you always wanted?
0: It has not been to the extent that I would like. I mean, the thing that I really enjoyed as a kid was having two of the super soaker blasters from the Phantom Menace, I had the Naboo blaster. And then I had the one that was kind of like uh, Padme's little sleek, silver Royal one. And they continue wow. to make various super soakers, you know, in tandem with the, the prequels that fit or nerf guns that fit the blasters from the film. I would love mm-hmm. to have some of those originals. Other than that, you know, when I go to celebration, I try to hit up some of the vendors on the show floor because a lot of them sell figures out of the box. Yeah, I, I'm not much of a boxed figure collector because I, you know, all the ones I had as a kid, I, I played with, and then right. you now I just buy things like, oh, I like this character, I can put him on a shelf here, sneak them around. But definitely the the blasters, the Nerf blasters, and the the Super Soakers, just because I remember, you know, running around, and I had friends who had, oh, they had the Clone Trooper one, that's cool, and you know. I didn't, so a little bit of envy, or whatnot. <laughs> like, oh, you got the you got the Naboo Padme one. That one, that one's dated. <laughs> and you know, this is before I could come back with you know the dig of, oh, it's not dated, it's vintage. But no, hipsterism <laughs> wasn't quite there yet, so <laughs> couldn't couldn't come back with that. A fun Texas connection I forgot to uh, mention earlier. I did not know if you knew this or not. Uh, Tia Carr, the actress who voices uh, Sabine from Rebels, she's from Dallas.
1: Originally. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, she's from Dallas, and she got uh, two degrees from the University of Texas. So she has a lot of Lone Star pride. You see her like on her social media and stuff back in the state frequently and kind of always sticking it to Southern Californians because she lives in L.A. now. So I always appreciate seeing a little bit of that action going on from her. So...
1: Uh- and I'm not sure what her age is. Was there any chance, because you're a UT alum yourself, aren't you?
0: I am, yes. And uh, we would have missed each other. I think she's closer to your age, cause I'd, or maybe a little bit older. I'd put her early or mid-30s. So, okay.
1: uh,
0: yeah, no, we were, not at, we were not at school together. But, you know, she's one of these voice actors who can you know, make their voice sound a whole lot younger. Than they actually are, so she can pull off playing. You know, I guess how old Sabine was—fifteen, right.
1: sixteen—and right. and, Rebel,
0: and rebels there. And uh, I, you
1: know, I but, had no idea. That's really neat. You're make you're kind of jogging my memory here, but Peter Mayhew wasn't he? Didn't he die in Denton, just north of Dallas?
0: I. You know what? I think that's right. Yeah, there's a, a little handful of, of, of Texans in Star Wars, so it's <laughs> it's always nice to, uh, to to find that. And so yeah, the reason I bring back. Uh, the Texas thing is, yeah. you know, since we got two Texans here talking the Star Wars prequels, I, I wanted to kind of pivot the conversation to sort of the fun, kind of goofy comparisons that this show is quote-unquote famous for. I don't We're know if it's for famous it. for anything, but this, you know, this we go for. <laughs> so I thought we should kind of go through this great state of ours, look at different regions, cities, even neighborhoods or particular towns, if it, if it's so suits our fancy and try to figure out which Star Wars prequel character best encapsulates the spirit of that part of Texas. <laughs> so uh, I, I think you no, know, there's no better place to start than H-Town itself okay. right there. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll, I'll open with mine just to set the stage and I'll see okay. if you agree or disagree. And I'm going to throw I'm going to put Count Dooku up there.
1: I had a yeah. feeling you'd say that, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, because cause Dooku, I, I can picture it so well. He lives in some big mansion in River Oaks, and he comes from, you know, big oil money. And maybe he was at university studying math or history or philosophy, and he wanted to become a like a Ph.D. and a professor or something like that. But then, you know, daddy died, and he had to go back to the oil, <laughs> the oil business. You know, his daddy was some nutty wildcatter from the – made his money out in west texas but had his estate in the river oaks or the woodlands or something and so took had to leave academia and
1: (laughs) you know you know uh greater houston well i'll give it to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i I lived in houston for nine months i was at at rice for a grad program for a bit okay
1: i'm I'm actually just outside the woodlands literally just outside of it so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh yeah, a bunch of oil executives live out in the woodlands. Yes, by, sir. So that's yes, where we'll put Dooku. So he'll, he'll be in the woodlands up there next to the the Exxon vice presidents and the, the Chevron folks up there. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I understand. Um, I, I did go the opposite way here. Now, because the prequels usually get such a, a bad rap, I think. And not not amongst you or our friends, but um, – Maybe just the the general Star Wars audience, but I I went with more of the the light side of the Force with these. So for Houston, I went with Obi-Wan, and I'll tell you why.
0: All right, all right.
1: Not because I'm from Houston, and he's, in my opinion, the greatest Jedi. He's the the goat, as it were, in my opinion. You
0: you are preaching to the choir on that one. He is indeed (laughs) the Tom Brady of
1: Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Handsome, too. Yes, sir. But uh, Houston being the largest city in Texas, if your listeners didn't know that, most populated anyway, um, I would say he's, for your listeners, a charmer in southern hospitality. He's very hello there, uh, sirs and ma'ams. I got to tell you, I'm not uh, from Houston. Um, I was born as a Yankee, as I said earlier. But when we moved down here, I can remember as a nine or 10 year old just being fascinated or sort of confused with is how often people use ma'am or sir up there. It's, it's, uh, almost as an insult. If you're irritated with somebody, it's uh, excuse me, ma'am. And down here, it's just quite, quite the contrary. So, um, I like his Southern hospitality, if you want to call it, or if I can call it that.
0: I, I, I uh, think so. And I think that, You know, the southern United States has such a strong connection to the British aristocracy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And if you look at all the American dialects, uh, the southern accent is the most derivative from British. You realize that if you just take British accents and add that drawl,
1: it's effectively the south. And so
0: I think when you take Obi-Wan's kind of posh, you know, kind of London accent he has going on. It effectively makes him a Southerner in his own right. So I think that, you know, (laughs) there it goes to confirm your your theory.
1: (laughs) I'd just finally say that, you know, we we like to joke about him being an alcoholic or or just liking liking, uh, a drink a time or two from Attack of the Clones. He's always going to the bar. A a New Hope, he's at the bar. Um, And I don't know if you knew or not, Reed, but Houston is the uh, the site where Purple Drink sort of originated from. The seven one three. Did you know? Oh that? yes,
0: I'm I'm very familiar
1: with
0: <laughs> that, my friend. <laughs> yep. And uh, also a lot of great craft breweries in the Houston area. Yes. Sir. I, I love, love the stuff up there. And you actually uh, up in Conroe? That's where Southern Star is, right? If I.
1: Yeah, just uh, just up the road from from me, actually, about fifteen minutes.
0: Oh, I love their uh, what is it? The bombshell blonde.
1: Bombshell blonde. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Houston's beer scene. Houston's drinking scene in general. I, I like it. You know, you're you're starting to convince me away from <laughs> Dooku. Well, actually, no. We threw Dooku in the woodlands, so he can stay up there. I don't think anyone's touched him up there. Nobody wants to be there anyhow. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, we're gonna st- we're gonna stick in East Texas for a little bit and move on down ten. We got to go to Beaumont and okay. uh, <laughs> so, so
1: you went, you went with Beaumont. I put, I, I, I'm going with Port Arthur. So I was trying to think East Texas, but Beaumont, we can do Beaumont. Let's okay.
0: Do yeah. Well, we can do a little bit on both. Okay. I mean, this may be, I, I feel sorry for Beaumont because they're really the butt end of every <laughs> joke. And you know who better? Uh, they're kind of a swamp people in their own right.
1: Right, right, right. So
0: it's got it's got to be Jar Jar Binks or just the Gungans <laughs> in general, right?
1: You know, I uh, that was my first pick, but then I remember I said I was trying to stay positive here. I didn't want to ding them just because they're they're you know that's a little swampier out there than Houston. Remember we're the Bayou City,
0: uh-huh. but. I'm also, just- you're, you're a little closer to them, so if they get angry, you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I'm a little
0: further away. I can kind of throw stones and hope it doesn't make it on the way back. <laughs>
1: exactly. I'm going with the chosen one here. I'm going Anakin.
0: All right. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I say that because of his rural, rural origin. He comes from Tatooine, a desert planet. Anakin, I actually almost won my... my uh, Houston pick just with that Southern hospitality again, you got a 12-year-old little boy, give or take, invites a bunch of strangers over to his house for mom to fix him dinner. That's It doesn't get any more Southern than that for me, Southern hospitality. But with Anakin and his rural origin, um, you know they have one of the largest oil refineries out that way. That Houston's uh, the Energy Corridor, Port Arthur, that's, that's oil baby right out there. And I think that's powerful. That's big money, that's Vader all the way. Um, he might, not, oh, yeah. he might he, not He might not think he's, he's hazardous for the community at large. He might see a bigger picture, a more positive idea of job creation, uh, uh, revenue for their community there. He's trying to look on the bright side. I think it's Anakin.
0: That's interesting. That almost perfectly mirrors the, line of reason I had for Odessa and Midland, kind of go with the Permian Basin for Anakin, okay. almost near same reasons, you know, kind, <laughs> okay. kind of middle of nowhere. Everybody frowns upon it, but like you say, it's the big oil money and they have sand out there. So I was kind of thinking about the sand
1: pits so <laughs> for uh, yes.
0: the whole West Texas, uh, but I do like him being from the whole Beaumont, Port Arthur, <laughs> Texas city kind of feel. You know, I, I could easily see one of those towns being kind of the the Moss Eisley, sorry, the Moss Espa or Anchorhead, Moss Eisley type, you know. Like, all oh, nothing but a rotten hive, a scum and
1: villainy. Right, exactly. You know,
0: I exactly. can easily believe
1: that. <laughs> exactly.
0: I, I love that. Now, did you have someone unique for Port Arthur, or was that Anakin for that as well?
1: No, you know, I, I just... You know, you're know, you talking regional, and I've, I had family, actually, so that I can talk about Port Arthur, but I had family from out that way, so my mind naturally just drifted there.
0: All right. No, I, I'm all about that. So we'll go a little north a bit. Okay. We got, we, we'll go to DFW. Now, in your mind, do Fort Worth and Dallas warrant two separate Star Wars characters, or does that whole area just kind of scream one person to you
1: i think the whole area screams one person for me but i'm i'm really anxious to hear what you have to say
0: okay i also see it as one person and for me dfw is palpatine Mm. through and And, okay uh, yeah the reason for it is because i'm I'm thinking more of palpatine as you know in his senatorial day so he's the senator from naboo and naboo is this kind of kind of well-off kind of posh planet in a lot of ways i kind of get that sort of dallas poshiness feeling from it but Mm. you know there's a lot of secrets about naboo about oh it's poor treatment of the gungans and it's kind of built on some sort of dirty alliances in a way especially when you read the literature just like i feel like you know dfw it seems all painted up nice and things but you know it's built on kind of that dirty west texas money and some you know, you think of the show, like shows like Dallas. Right. Got, so I got this kind of political maneuvering, kind of full of themselves type way where you can almost say I'll, I'll split it into two for this case. I'll make Palpatine will be Dallas and uh, Mas Ameda is, you know, number two <laughs> right there because the two of them are always side by side. Can't separate <laughs> them. You know, people instead of DFW, it's PMA. <laughs> helps, helps them how them out. it works. You know, it's just an abbreviation. There's an airport named after them, but it's not even that. So, <laughs> but I'm curious if you have.
1: All right. Well, I like your answer. That truly, really, that's where my mind went first. Um, I'm thinking Jedi. I'm thinking Mace Windu. Um, I'll tell you why. I, my mind just goes straight to urban cowboy. Uh, I think Mace is the type that would wear a Stetson in a set of boots with a bling saber, just like off on into a Starbucks with his caramel macchiato and be perfectly all right with that, man. Just staying with that positive nature. I see Mace. I mean, Pulp Fiction. I can't erase that completely from memory when I think of Sam Jackson, but, uh-huh. but Mace Windu, urban cowboy. He's it.
0: I love it. Yeah. When you get, Mace, you get the entire Sam Jackson filmography thrown in there because he's just <laughs> one of those people you can't really separate his characters. No, I I like
1: that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll move move down a little bit here to uh, down down to Austin. Okay. Uh, you know
0: my whole old stomping grounds, and I'm gonna be a little pompous if I may, and just be a little self self gratifying, and you know I'm gonna go with flagship university you know, here and being a Longhorn myself, I got to say, oh, let's go ahead and make Texas, University of Texas, we'll make that the Jedi Council and, and UT, we're going to be Yoda. <laughs> and I'll put some, <clears throat> I'll have a little bit of self-affliction here. We're full of ourselves in Austin. And Yoda, <laughs> he's kind of blind to a lot of things. The Jedi Council, they're sort of oblivious to a lot of stuff going on. And I really think that kind of hits the UT, Austin spirit in a lot of ways. And we think we're so smart, and we think, oh, we're so wise of the happenings of the world. But we have the same problems as everybody else. And, you know, our own judgment oftentimes clouds better decisions. Or I guess we should say our own decisions, poor decisions cloud better judgment. The reverse of that, <laughs> just like the Jedi. So I feel like we're Yoda. Also, Yoda's ears kind of look like a longhorn in a way when it's True. flat out. If, if, you, if you zoom out a bit. You can, you can see it. So, you know, that may be tooting my own horn too much. I mean, I'm sure all sorts of people could pick any negative stereotype you have about Austin and be like, oh, you guys are actually... Watt Tambor, because he's, he's all about self-pleasure, and Austinites are so full of themselves, they please themselves all the time, which I'll take it. You know, no argument from me there. I'll, <laughs>
1: I'll I'm going to forever him. forever relate you in my mind to Watt Tambor. I, you just you got a fascination with that character. <laughs> I,
0: I do, yeah. He's probably the most mentioned, like, side character
1: on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and i hope you're not offended by this cuz i truly love this character and and you went you went this way on Beaumont but i'm thinking <laughs> Austin you got to keep it weird jar jar banks um but i think you're also on trend and i I love Austin. You made the joke about them being, being pompous, full of themselves. That is one of the prettiest cities in the state, I think. And had we had things worked out a little differently, I think my wife and I would have ended up out there. She works for the state; it would have been an easy move. It's just the culture out there is awesome. Uh, you know, it, just a very pretty town. And I think, uh, as trendy as Austin is, I think. And, and some might disagree with me, but 20 years later, I think it's, it's cool to like Jar Jar again. Um, <laughs> he's got one of the weirdest stories, uh, one of the strangest characters, um, just sort of being all out there for everybody to see in the first one and then almost disappear but have such an impact in the end. Mm-hmm. I, I love Jar Jar. I think he's one of the coolest characters in the prequels. And for that, he gets Austin.
0: Well, I think that's quite flattering. and I really do love Jar Jar, too. And one thing, going back to the Beaumont comparison, I forgot to, to say, is he's a very resilient guy. You know, for all his problems, he is not a warrior by birth, but he really gives it his all. Mm-hmm. And he kind of finds success out of places where you may not expect it. And that definitely kind of fits this sort of awareness of an East Texas attitude, I, I at least I know from people from there, so I'll give it to them as well. But no, I, I like I like Jar Jar for Austin a lot. So uh, that leaves just three areas left. I already had said Anakin would have been my West Texas. Do you have anybody uh West Texas minded, whether it be a specific city or give the whole region to a character.
1: Okay. So West Texas, I'm thinking and I don't know if you have ever thought about Marfa or ever talked about that about Marfa with anybody on yes, the show
0: never I've never talked Marfa on the show which do you think I would it's got its own has its own unique stuff going on there with the lights and whatnot it's kind of a science fictiony place
1: yeah by so itself. I went I mean for obvious reasons you just kind of nailed it on the head there for me but I'm going Yoda for Marfa um, I think well Marfa is an artist's haven I think. Um, the wealthy, the funky, they all move out that way. And then to top that all off, Marfa, the the Marfa lights, you know, I'm thinking there's no better example of the cosmic force than in Marfa. Um, it, you know, and something interesting, this is kind of what I wanted to look up. I meant to do it earlier. Uh, so I'm sorry to, to take time away from, from you, but. Uh,
0: oh, no, that's fine,
1: man. I don't know if you knew. The population in Marfa has actually been decreasing over the last 100 really? years. And you would think it would be the opposite, just with its attention in, in popular culture, I guess. I know they were featured in The Simpsons <laughs> at one point, but um, yeah, just like the Jedi. So over the last 100 years, they're slowly dwindling away, which is which is awful. But I can think of no better representation than grand old master Yoda himself.
0: I love it. I could easily see him at Revenge of the Sith, you know, after a bunch of Dallas developers come in and build Austin to be too urban. He'll be into exile. I must go. And he <laughs> heads off to Marfa, Texas until, <laughs> until everything comes swinging around. That's great. No, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, so next up we have the panhandle. <laughs>
1: We're going way north, okay? We're going way north. We're going to leave those little – it's basically
0: Oklahoma 2.0 up there. Or I guess you could say Oklahoma's (laughs) Panhandle (laughs) (laughs)
1: 2.0. And so for me,
0: I have to feel like I don't even know what – I've never been – I may have driven through it once. I don't have much experience with the Panhandle. So I'm like, well, who am I – got to include them somehow. So who do I have to throw in there? Who's somebody who I just confuses – the living daylights out of me. I don't understand <laughs> what they're doing. And I'm going to have to go with Poggle the Lesser. I mean, for all we know, there could be a massive droid army being built
1: <laughs>
0: up in that neck of the woods. And I have no idea. but I, I would believe you. You could show me pictures from Attack of the Clones and tell me they were taken in the panhandle. And I'd be like, all right, man. good for the <laughs> Good for them. Like, you could say bug people live in the panhandle. And I would absolutely believe it. To my Panhandle listeners, if you're out there, I am so sorry. Please prove me wrong. I'll have you on the show and you defend yourself. Unless Brad, you've been up there and you have nice things to say about him. This is not meant as an insult. You know, if anything, Poggle the Lesser is a really good engineer, so that should be taken as a compliment. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so, and I could be wrong. I'm not a I'm not a sports guy. I'm not a I'm not a I'm certainly. I took a different path in life, and I'm certainly not a, a collegiate by any means. I wish I could change that, but is, is Texas Tech not towards the panhandle there? Isn't that Lubbock? Isn't it that whole area there?
0: I think, yeah, that you could sort of call it maybe the gateway, yeah, the
1: panhandle. So it's more the gateway, okay. Yeah,
0: it's because it's, it's, it's right there at the border of sorts in a way. I don't know if it quite – I'm I'm cheating and looking at a map. I am too. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's in the it's in the the middle. Yeah, it, it works. Yeah, it depends how south you want to consider the Panhandle. If you drop it to southern counties a bit, it works. If not, we'll call. Yeah, I, it, it, let's go with the Panhandle there. So we got Texas Tech. All right. I'll still stick with Poggle the Lesser for. Like, some changes
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you know, to be honest, I'm. I'm I'm racking my brain with this because truly I've only been through that area maybe a couple of times. And that's and that's maybe in our move down here when I was when I was younger and then here recently uh, for work. But. I don't know. The people up there seemed very friendly from the stops mm-hmm. that I remember taking. Hmm. I'm going to go Padme. I'm not sure why. I'm going to go Padme Amidala.
0: I like it, you know. <laughs> I, I think the nice thing is good. And, well, you know, they have that whole recum Tech thing with guns. And Padme has that little blaster of her she whips out <laughs> on a moment's notice. So, And she even... The way she rides uh, that... Uh, not the mud horn. That's from the Mandalorian. But that one... Rhino looking thing from Attack of the Clone, she rides it with Anakin. That's like how they have the red mm-hmm. raider who rides that black
1: horse with the red cloak. <laughs> nice connection. I like they it. They have they have a good <laughs> set that red raider has a good
0: sense of dramatic fashion. I think that's very Padme esque. I think you're onto something here. I like it.
1: And I think, you know, they're far enough they're far enough up north, and I know you guys probably every every once in a while, maybe during the winter, you might see a little bit of snow. Um but, but they certainly see a lot of it, and I bet it can look quite beautiful. It's already got the hills, so, it, uh, you know, night and day difference in Houston. Um, I think it'd be very beautiful with the hills, but add a, add a thin layer of snow to that, just like Padme, gorgeous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I love it. Well, you know what What we're going to have to do when this crazy environment blows over is, is you and I need to take on a road trip to the Panhandle and, and see if that is a, a proper— comparison and really, really get to experience fully going to the panhandle for the purpose of going there and, and, and capturing it.
1: Is it Padme or is it Poggle the Lesser? I... Po-
0: yeah, they're very opposite ends of the spectrum right, right. there. I, I, your optimism towards it, I, I, I greatly applaud. I feel bad. Once again, though, I mean, if they throw rocks, I feel far enough away
1: from them. Texas
0: is a big state. Uh, so uh, the last major city we have, San Antonio, how would you uh, classify them? It's a, t- it's a tough one, and I – Kind of had to, at least for me personally, had two elements that I went to consider, and that was that they love the Spurs, and then they- <laughs> yeah, they do,
1: <laughs> and, and um, very much remember the Alamo. So somehow those have to be the components. So that's where my mind was going. I'm thinking Santa Ana. I'm thinking I'm thinking the army taking taking the Alamo. That's definitely where my mind was going. Yeah, b- big military base, big
0: military city. And so, uh, you know, for me, I actually kind of have... I I sort of broke that up into two points there. And you have on one end for the whole... The military base thing, the Alamo. I kind of made it Camino. Okay. I mean, weather-wise, it's very different. It's not a wet planet. But, you know, that's where the clones are coming out of. And I guess there's not a training base out there. That'd be more like in Killeen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just kind of had this whole idea... Especially when you watch the Clone Wars, you sort of see the camaraderie of the clones when they're off-duty, kind of hanging out at uh, you know, at bars on Coruscant. So they're kind <laughs> of like all the clones are in San Antonio. And then with the, it comes to the Spurs love, I kind of felt, well, who loves p- sports in the prequels? Who loves pod racing? And I picked Sebulba is as San Antonio because I the like Spurs
1: the yeah. won
0: all those titles, right? The Spurs always win. Who uh. else always wins? Sabolba always wins. So it's kind of like on one end you have the random clone of your choice. On the other, you have uh, you have Sabolba there. So
1: <laughs> I like Sabolba. That's. It's better than what I'm thinking. So when you started, uh, I thought maybe we were going to be on the same page with this one, but I like Sebulba. I'm thinking Trade Federation, and that's just because you made the connection with the Alamo, and I can't get my mind off of Santa Ana and his army and and them thinking they know what's best for that area there and coming in and trying to take things over. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking Newt Gunray and the Trade Federation for me.
0: Yeah, the only thing that uh, Davy Crockett, was missing was a little 10-year-old boy in a yellow starfighter to come out of the Alamo and blow up the main command base.
1: Of the main army. Yeah.
0: Now this is pot racing! Like, that's for this comparison. Now this is Spurs basketball!
1: See, so there's where we flip. I've been trying to stay positive, and my mind went right to Trade Federation. Right to Trade so.
0: Federation, I know. I, <laughs> well, I gave him Sabulba. He's not really... I'm applying the Spurs. the <laughs> yeah. cheats. Oh gosh! Well, I, I think this has been a, a great podcast. A lot of a lot of good stuff. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Brad, for for joining the show. It's been been a delight. And I, uh, you know, hopefully we get the chance to meet in person, either at celebration or we're in the same state somehow. If you're ever in Austin, please swing by and. You
1: know, we'll meet up for a drink or something or, or a dinner. For sure. Reed, I just want to tell you thank you, man. Um, I, I appreciate it. I know just on a whim, uh, reaching out to you, I kind of invited myself onto this show. But I really uh, appreciate your hospitality, sir. And it's been a lot of fun. I am a big fan. I, I listen every every episode. Um you know your sense of humor is it's one of a kind. Uh, you deserve a bigger a bigger audience, man. So we need to figure something out and get, get your name out there.
0: Oh well, thank you. And uh, yeah, your sense of humor as well. I guess I mean it's the compliment. You, funny stuff. And yeah, just like Brad reached out to me, I encourage to anybody who's a listener of the show. If you have never been on a podcast before, or have never put yourself out creatively with Star Wars, or even if you have, I encourage you to be on and just have fun and a goofy conversation because that is what the Babble Bubble is all about. You can catch Brad with his Twitter account, Snoke's son-in-law, and, you know, if you don't follow the show on Twitter yet, that's at C.O. Bubble. C.O. Bibble was already taken, and C.O. Bibble's Babble Bubble was too long. But thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you around the corner.
1: Thanks, Reed. I, I, I,
0: Med det havde ikke været nødvendigt med det forbud.